Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Dimitri. And I'm Rade. And this is Respectfully a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Awesome. All right, fam. So today our topic is relationships and marriage. So what is marriage? So by formal definition, marriage is a formal union and social and legal contract between two individuals that unites their lives legally, economically, and emotionally. Wow. The word that stuck out to me most is contract. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, that I don't know how I like that word. But anyway, um, Rade, how do you define marriage? (laughs) Uh, That is a loaded question. Uh, (laughs) Of course. (laughs) For usual. I define marriage as a shared space between two individuals that are able to maintain some sort of individuality, right? Just the same way we would define a healthy relationship is how I look at a healthy marriage. It's a union that is one that will go through hardship, but it is one that is meant to grow. It's one that is meant to establish lifetime partnership, um, accountability, awareness, all the things. I think of marriage as Yes, there are different financial benefits and things like that, but I look at it more on an emotional and mental and spiritual level of connection um, rather than it just right. Rather than it just being a contractual agreement that like I scratch your back, you scratch mine. (laughs) Right. Now we're just joining a life together. Right. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so basically, not a business relationship. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's what the word contract makes me think. It makes me think business. And I, like you said, mm-hmm. I do understand that there are, you know, legal and financial aspects and benefits of being married. Um, but for me, how I define marriage is, you know, finding that one person that you want to do everything with, that you can't see walking through life without. And, you know, it's not necessarily a matter of completion, but more so Mm -hmm. that addition, that enhancement, finding Mm -hmm. someone who you can unapologetically be yourself around and be vulnerable around without fear of judgment or fear of rejection. Um, And of course, encompassing all of those things that you discussed, like trust and commitment and loyalty. And, you know, the biggest thing for me is, you know, loving someone enough to accept all of them and to grow with them, you know, Mm -hmm. and I have this thing that I, you know, talk to when I work with couples and I'm like, okay, you know, you have to decide, you know, at certain points in any relationship, there's always going to be a time where your partner is a few steps ahead of you and you want to find a partner that's not going to stop and look and wait for you to catch up, but it's going to stop and reach their hand back for you so that they can bring you to where they are. Um, yeah. So that we're on the same page. Yeah. I, oh my God, that's so fun. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think I tell, I say something very, very similar to my clients as well, but I think you worded that perfectly. 
another thing, you know, I was going to say here is like, when I imagine like my future marriages, seeing my partner included in that and um, uh, <laughs> to short, not to be poetic or whatever, but to see a future in my partner's eyes, like of what we would look like. That's what I see as marriage and union, like, because that's the place I want to be happy in, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage Come on, love is Jones. a safety. <laughs> it's a safety, right? Like it is, it is comfort is home kind of thing. And that's, yes. that's what I identify as marriage. <laughs> yes. That soft place to land when the world mm-hmm. seems so bleak. You know, yeah, definitely. But yeah, and I'm a hopeless romantic, so you know, you could be be poetic. Listen, you could be poetic, (laughs) and you know, with the recent um, um, Essence Awards for Black um, actresses um, or Black actors in the 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 film industry, Mm -hmm. is it just made me? It reminded me of um, because Nia Long got an award, and Mm -hmm. it brought me back to that Love Jones story. I was like, oh my god, like how. Like that is a big part of our culture. Like that movie mm-hmm. just really, you know, just set the tone for black love. Um love it. Yes, it was yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry I'm digressing. You know, like I said, I'm a hopeless <laughs> romantic. So girl, I was gonna go all into Love Jones, but that's not why we here. Um <laughs> We so, love a good Love Jones. Listen, seriously. Um, but with black relationships, especially those that are in the limelight, you know, we don't always know what happens behind closed doors. All we know is what mm-hmm. we see when um they're being recorded. But what are your thoughts on that recent situation with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and that whole slapping Chris Rock thing? Oh God. Well, first of all, I thought he punched the man at first. But Me too. <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> um I mean, I think because I I can't not answer this question without acknowledging that I read Will Smith's book and take heed to his trauma because immediately my thought mm-hmm. was like, oh, this seems like a bit of a trauma response. Um, but especially after dredging up a, a very uh, traumatic past that he talked about. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, child, Will Smith didn't have to slap that man. <laughs> but at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't seem like that's a response he wanted it to be either, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and which is why he acknowledged it as that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is what impulse kind of looks like. This is what emotional responses look like, and mm-hmm. to say the least, it's real. You know, and I think yeah. that we often put celebrities in a box to say, oh, my God, you can't do that because you make all this money and you have all right. this fame. But he's still human. So. Exactly. Now, you make we good forgive points, and give grace. Listen, you I know? feel the same way you do right there. Now, should he have slapped that man? No. However, <laughs> and I feel like as a therapist, I feel like we just have the ability to look at situations so differently. So mm-hmm. it's like immediately when he did it, like I understood why he did it, but mm-hmm. it was still inappropriate. 
You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a lot of conversations going around on social media and everybody has their own opinions. And, you know, I'm not discrediting, you know, anyone else's opinion. I just feel like it's kind of hard to really go into a a conversation and say, oh, well, I understand why he did it. And they were like, but he slapped him. That's a song. And I'm like, you're absolutely correct. But as a therapist, we, and like Rade said, she read the book. I haven't read the book yet, but, you know, just some of the, um, interviews that I've seen him on, especially on the um the Red Table talk show or whatever. Um mm-hmm. he's going through it. Visib- you yeah. can visibly see that he's in emotional distress. So, you know, like I said, it doesn't excuse the behavior. I don't agree with assault in any form, but I do understand why he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so but I feel like at the end of the day, um we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but we can only go based off of what we see. And you have to realize mm-hmm. that we only see a, a, a very small fraction of probably what's actually going on in their marriage or what their mm-hmm. connection looks like or how they communicate or how they connect with each other. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think, you know, giving grace is going to be, is most beneficial for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just yeah, Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. I think it just all caught us by surprise because we've never seen him in act like that, right? Out of pocket. Like, like he's that. always I, been so poised the, and yeah. And then he cursed. Like I feel like I don't know what was worse, <laughs> the the slap. Or when he, or when he got, by him cursing. I didn't get offended, but you know, when you see people act a certain way all the time, when you see yeah. them, basically, when you see them act human, it, yeah. it shocks us. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, Will, and he put, you know, like, you know, when you curse, like, you put emphasis on on the words, and he was like, <laughs> keep my name, my mouth, <laughs> I can't even say it, keep your wife's name out my my, I'm like, ooh, and then he said it twice. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm like, he meant that from his soul. I was like, okay, but I would like to give a a, um, a shout out to Chris Rock because he handled that situation very well. Because, honey, you slapped you me so? anyway. I can't be responsible for this reaction. Well, I, you know. Uh, I don't even know how I feel about Chris Rock's reaction. I can't even go there. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was was just, it was shocking. And again, we saw a humanist, right? We didn't just Mm -hmm. see the person that we idolize or assume that Will Smith is based on the way he conducts himself in interviews or whatever. So, I mean, listen, depending on where you're from and from where you're from, you slap somebody, that's a whole different type of situation. So, I only only respect the fact that he didn't. feed into that moment. Uh, I don't know whether mm-hmm. he wanted to swing back or not, but he held his composure. And, you know, like they say, I guess in show business, the show must go on. So right. he did what he had to do and got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what do you believe are the most important aspects of marriage? Oh, um, I feel like this is so cliche and pro- probably a, a broken record when it comes to talking about relationships, but communication, mm-hmm. communication is the key. I feel like communication is the foundation of any type of relationship, but especially one when you are truly merging your life with someone else's, um, you know, 
I heard this saying once is that in order to like, basically you have two individuals who become a whole. So basically Mm -hmm. half of you, you put half of yourself into that relationship and then you put, and then that other person puts their other half into that relationship to make it whole while everyone else still maintains that piece of individuality as well. So with that um, comes commitment. Um, Mm -hmm. I think knowledge. And when I say knowledge, I mean knowledge of everything, like where your partner comes from, what your partner's been through, you know, how your partner reacts to certain stimuli. Because as you know, a lot of us have shared trauma or, you know, that generational Mm -hmm. cultural trauma that we bring into our relationships. And that's not even, you know, the trauma that we may experience as part of just living living life. You know what I mean? So I think getting to know your partner and having that knowledge of who they are, where they come from and and where they're going, I feel like allows you to be on the same page, mm-hmm. you know, but I think like overall, it takes that commitment, that knowledge and, and that commitment. I'm sorry, communication. Yeah, I agree. Um, I do feel like communication is a really important aspect um, because I think that we can say so much, but also so little with our words. Um, Absolutely. And how we decide to communicate with our partner is going to set the foundation for what is safety, what is trust, mm. uh, and what is consistency look like within the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um. I also agree that it's important to understand history and background of your partner. If you don't, then you won't understand where a lot of their communication even comes from. Uh-huh. Um, you won't understand their love languages. I think love languages uh-huh. are twofold in that if you yes. can understand someone's love language, you can also understand their trauma. Absolutely. If my, if my negative, or let's, it, my love language is words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. So if the positive words mean so, so much to me, imagine what the negative words will mean, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's that, um, so understanding that about your person, um, understanding their limits based off of their background is important, um, but also understanding their potential. I think we have to be cognizant of not falling in love with someone's potential mm. and be present with who they are. But I also think it's really important to recognize what is your partner's potential? What is their potential? And in your union, how can you support them in reaching the potential that they want to reach? Mm -hmm. I feel like those are some really important aspects of marriage. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I completely agree with everything you said. First, I'm so glad that you mentioned the love languages. Like, I love that. I love them. Um, mm-hmm. And what I learned about the love languages is, first of all, everybody in the relationship or even not in a relationship should know what their their primary love, love language is. Because mm-hmm. ultimately what I've learned is that when you walk into a situation, you communicate your love language immediately. I'm sorry, you yeah, you communicate your love language to your partner based on what yours is 
because you don't mm-hmm. know what theirs is. So you think that, okay, well, if mine is words of affirmation, then I'm going to give my partner give tons of words of affirmation when ultimately theirs may be quality time or theirs may mm-hmm. be acts of service. So I think it's important that you learn what your partner's love language is so that you can make sure that you're communicating it in the way that they will receive it. Um, of course. And the other thing you said, and you made a good point, is about don't commit to someone based on their potential. Um, but I feel like ultimately it's all of making sure that it's not your potential for them that you're misplacing exactly. on them. And like Rade said, actually understanding what they see their potential to be and supporting them through that, if that's something that you want to do. Because sometimes, you know, some relationships, you know, there's a few more growing pains than others. So you have mm-hmm. to ultimately decide what it is that you want to sign up for. Or what are yeah. you willing to do? Or what are what p- kind of journey are you willing to travel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's also important to realize that, and this may be kind of controversial to say, but I think it's important to realize that I don't think that people love each other at the same capacity at the same time all the time. You better preach. So, So I think it's important to realize that, you know, marriage is not always going to be rainbows and sunshine. And it is the ability to work through your issues and know that you're coming together together to work as a team. Absolutely. Um, While also recognizing that your passion for the relationship may be at a 10 while your partners may be at a 7 this week because... They have a lot more things going on in their individual space than in you guys' shared space. So I think it's important to really recognize that and be okay with that, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes there are weeks that I need a moment just to myself and my partner has to understand and he does and same for me with him. Absolutely. And, you know, very well said. And, you know, I'm not adding anything to it, but what I one thing I would say about relationships or marriage is that ultimately you have to, I think it's very important that we understand that you're going to constantly be reinventing what your marriage looks like and how you define mm-hmm. your marriage over time. Because as humans, we're constantly evolving and growing. So exactly. 20 year old married you is not going to be the same as 35 year old married you. So at that right. time, you continuously have to get to know your partner because you're both changing con- constantly um mm-hmm. so i feel like that's that's another important aspect that you know comes into healthy relationships or a healthy marriage mm-hmm. is making sure that you understand that you know the marriage that you had year one is going to look completely different from the marriage you have at year 10 or 15 yeah yeah y'all don't get stuck on what how things used to be evolve with mm-hmm. your person Don't get mad if they start liking ketchup on their fries and you're like, where did this come from? Like, no, just take it in. We like some nooses. <laughs> Listen, ooh, child, that's a whole different episode. Cause I'm gonna say, oh, are you uh are you a spreader of your on your fries or are you a dipple? You know, some people feel a little strongly about that. Um you know, I'm, I'm I, feel like, I like to feel like I'm eclectic. Sometimes I feel like dipping them and sometimes I feel like drenching them, you know. I, I feel cannot. like I should not be confined to one way of eating ketchup on my fries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so... Okay, fam. Now we're moving on to the Q&A portion of, of the podcast, Therapist Hats Off. Rade, do you have our first question? Yes, I do. So... I've been in a marriage with my girlfriend and I want to propose, but how do you know when you found the one? Ooh, this will make my heart flutter a little bit, honey. Mm, that's a big <laughs> one. Um, do you want to start us off with this one? I can. Well, first of all, listener, I'm not going to tell you what to do. <laughs> and yes, I just used some real country slang just then, just for those who are, uh, you know, English <laughs> majors. Um, but I think... I'm all for a list. Make a pros and cons list. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are the pros and cons of of spending the rest of your life with this person? What are you willing to to do? You know, what are the qualities you look for in a partner? Does your partner have those qualities? And if Mm -hmm. you have non-negotiables, is there anything that, you know, your partner is not exhibiting that is one of your non-negotiables or, you know, vice versa. So I think that's important. But, you know, for me, I'm a hopeless romantic. So I feel like ultimately, can you see yourself going through life without that person? Yes. And I'm going to put a period on that period, pool. Right. (laughs) I, (laughs) I, yeah, exactly. Can you see yourself? I'm a hopeless romantic too, y'all. So can you see yourself with this person long-term? And can you see yourself going without this person in your life? If you can see them without them in your life, they probably don't need to be there. Mm. Um, so that's that's the first thing. Um, and I want to be clear that we are not promoting codependency here. We're not talking about you being enmeshed with this person. Right. We're talking about can right, can you live life without knowing that this person is still in vicinity or can offer you guidance or knowledge or understanding or a safe space. Can you go through life with knowing that they are not going to be doing that for you? Mm. Um, and you not being able to do that for them. Um, but I think, you know, when you found the one, when you are able to, continue when you are seriously able to continue to grow with this person mm-hmm. even in with the romantic lens as well and still feel that that connection to them on a deeper level i think you know that is literally the difference between a friendship and a romantic relationship is that there is a mm-hmm. deeper level connection um <clears throat> and i don't know i just feel like It's a space where you know you can be vulnerable and you can Mm -hmm. just be who you need to be without the shame of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a hard one because I think when you know, you know. And Mm -hmm. I want to point out that just because you know at one point, that doesn't mean that some relationships, some marriages don't work out long term. And it's because people have evolved and grown enough and have grown away from each other, which is also okay. Mm -hmm. But I think to pay respect to that in and of itself, just pay attention to where do you want to be right now, right? And and like Demetrius said, making that list, what is it that you want from this relationship and are you getting that? Looking Mm -hmm. at what do you bring to the table? What do they bring to the table? And are they meeting the mark? 
are you meeting the mark? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel enhanced with this person or do you feel less than? Mm. Period. <laughs> no, but before <laughs> before we move on, I want to, you know, share something um that Rod Day told me once before about this. It kind of, well, it kind of goes with this. So, you know, Rod Day said, imagine you're at your wedding. See your wedding day, and you're at the altar. When you look across from you, do you see that person's face? Or you don't know who do you see? And ultimately, if you see that person's face, then that typically means that you see spending the rest of your life with that person. But if you don't see that person's face or you don't see, you don't know who you see there, then that there's some more self-exploration that you need to do and more, you know, um, analyzing of that relationship to determine, okay, is this the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with? Or is there some more work needed? Or maybe this person may not be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that is for our people that are visual, you know, that are hopeless romantics. We dream about <laughs> shit, okay? So, <laughs> I, I say that to say, like, you know, if you actually can l- see your person's face when you close your eyes, like, that's important. Mm. Also, I say, too, you know, if, can you imagine yourself waking up to this person each day? Like, I think that's important. I think... <laughs> One of the, my favorite parts of the day when my per, when my partner and I are like actually wake up at the same time together is being mm-hmm. able to see him there. And that is, I think, a very different level of union that I don't yeah. think mm-hmm. I was ever prepared for mm-hmm. because, you know, I like my solitude and everything. And so to be in a place where I'm like, Oh, wow. Like, I'm actually excited to wake up and spend the next day with you. And, like, we're going to go to sleep. We're going to do this again tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I think that is, you know, that's what love is. Yeah. And and intimacy. Talking physical yeah. and emotional. You know what I yeah. mean? And Spiritual, mental, like, all of it. You know, because at the same time, you know. Some people like physical intimacy to the degree that it got to be popping, you know, for me, you know, do you want this for the rest of your life or do you, is it enough? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like I say, you know, you have to look at what it is that you want and then compare that to what you're getting. And even, and sometimes the things that we want and you feel like you're not getting it. Are you have to look at? Are you not getting it because that person doesn't have that capability or ability to extend that, or mm-hmm. has that person not even had the opportunity to show it? Right. So you want to be mindful of that. So just because they don't check off something on your on your list doesn't mean that it's not in them. They just may have not had the opportunity to to show it or or provide that or extend that to a person other than themselves. Yep. Very true. Okay. So our next question, Rade, is my partner was unfaithful in our marriage and I still want to be with him. How do I get through this and trust him again? I did not see this question before we started. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Take your time. You know, this is your decision and his as well. Um, When you are cheated on the quote unquote victim of the affair 
is they have a lot of power. And it's important that you don't abuse that power when your partner wants to stay and wants to mend things. It's important that you are clear about what your needs are, what your desires are, what your expectations are with the relationship moving forward. And in order to regain trust, it is going to be important to allow them to show you the difference. But on their end, they need to be able to be open and transparent and willing to heed to the things that you're requesting. So there needs to be a balance in that without taking advantage of the opportunity, but also recognizing that, you know, this is a healing process and there are going to be times where you are really upset and really triggered. There are going to be times where you are just wanting to be really, really close to your partner because you're desiring that connection. Listen to all of those feelings and you have the right to express them. I will say, you know, at a certain point when everything's out on the table or whenever you have decided everything you want to know, um, making sure that there are no other secrets that can come up later is really important. Um, but yeah, ultimately regaining trust and really big thing is going to be taking a look at self and not allowing this to let you beat yourself up. A lot of people deal with, why is this happening to me? Am I not enough? All of those things. And this cannot be simply a you thing. And make Mm -hmm. sure that you're still doing some self-work while you're moving through this process because, you know, you can't, you can't control anyone else's actions. They, they had control over their infidelity. So. Yeah. You literally just finished with what the first thing I was going to say, and that was separate yourself from the incident, from the infidelity, Mm -hmm. because ultimately, regardless of what was going on in the relationship or the marriage, the act itself, that was all on the partner mm-hmm. who cheated. That has nothing to do with you. Even if there was something that wasn't communicated, even if there was a, a hint of, you know, unhappiness or discord, mm-hmm. that's that that act of betrayal, in a sense, is mm-hmm. on them, has nothing to right. do with you. And then, you know, the next part of that that you know rings true for me is healing and forgiveness and i feel like those are very impactful those are very big components of getting to a place to where you can trust him again but at the same time once you take care of self like rade says and you're working on your healing and you're working towards forgiving you have to be mindful that you're not taking it out on them in times of difficulty or if, because there's going to continue to be, you know, challenges in a marriage or a relationship because you're merging, because two lives are merging together. You have two separate individuals merging together. So there's going to be more challenges. And whenever there's a challenge, not using that situation that happened as the basis of how you treat that person when a challenge comes about. Once you get to a place of forgiveness, actually moving forward and rebuilding that trust, not necessarily trying to go back and grab the trust that you had before it happened, because the trust, it, it it won't be the same, but it can be reinvented or rebuilt. The relationship won't be the same. 
Exactly. It won't. You know, yeah. like, and at the end of the day, I say this, you know, if you are going to stay, allow the emotional repairs to happen. So if that partner is trying to repair this with you and they are attempting, you know, to reconnect with you, um, really try to allow those moments to happen. And I think that we have a lot of thoughts about, oh, but I don't want to look stupid again. And you're going to make me look like a fool, you know, kind of thing. Fool mm-hmm. me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But right. truth of the matter is, is again, those are their actions, not yours. Exactly. So, and what you choose to do, if there's anything else that happens, is still going to be up to you. Mm-hmm. So, last thing I say is try not to let outside things or what other people have to say really, really impact your ability to try or to not try um, because they're not a part of your relationship. And um, as Demetric noted that there are, I, I just ultimately what I'm getting at is there are going to be things where you are not going to want to probably be around your partner for certain moments or whatever. And from that moment, being able to check in with self, see what's going on, check in with your person, let them know what's going on and creating that space if you need it, but also not taking advantage of taking things out on them. So it's important to pay attention to that. But while also recognizing that I don't think cheating happens for absolutely no reason and I'm not victim blaming whatsoever. And I've said this before, but I think sometimes it does. And then there are some times where there is something missing in the relationship that maybe you guys can be trying to develop in your moments of repairing after the infidelity. Come on, marriage counselor. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) All right. All right, y'all. So time for our earth lesson this week. Relationships and marriage are not easy. However, remember that you and your partner set the rules for what you want your relationship and marriage to Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RespectfullyMT. And send your questions and topic requests to RespectfullyMT at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 Respectfully, a melanated therapist.